Welcome to Let's Chat, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday Sermon from Asbury Church in Wichita, Kansas. You are invited to join the discussion on the Sermon Discussion Facebook group page. This week, Rick Just, Asbury Senior Pastor, will be talking about his sermon, Why Are You Standing There? from Acts 1, 1-11. Thanks for listening. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, Pastor Rick Just, Senior Pastor of Asbury Church, with the Let's Chat podcast with my special guest, our worship pastor, Nathan Snyder. How you doing, Nathan? Hello, hello. I'm doing good. I'm glad to see you. You too. <laughs> you know, we found out that we just can't nod our heads at here and, and in here, and people will know that, oh, we're, we're paying attention to each other. We have to actually say something. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, folks, um, we're going to wing it today because it has been a crazy couple of days, and we try and have a, a, our act together. But as you all know, uh, we have a little work to do. That's called sanctification. <laughs> so um, we're going to be uh, talking about the last sermon of the series, Questions That Demand an Answer. What did you think of that series, Nathan? I liked it. I'm kind of bummed that it's over because yeah. I have a billion questions. <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> so, you know, if I would put you on a spot, what would, what would be another question? Ooh. Ooh, putting him on the spot. Um, I always wonder, like, what does it take to come to faith? You know, I was talking about uh, Jesus gave all this evidence Uh, about the resurrection and things like that. And you could give somebody all those facts, and two different people will come to two different conclusions. Mm -hmm. One might come to faith and one might not. So I always wonder, uh, I guess that's tied in with why do you doubt, but it's like why do you believe and why does someone else not believe? I I always wonder what that is. Well, I I was just thinking when you said that, I was thinking back to John the Baptist when he was uh, sending word to Jesus, are you the one? And Jesus says, well, what have you seen? What Mm -hmm. have you heard? What have you experienced? And so I think a lot of that plays into it, um, even with the convincing proofs that I talked about uh, Sunday morning. It was dealing with the fact of, hey, what have you seen? What have you heard? Who do you think I am? I mean, (laughs) who do you think this person is? And uh, him using the the words convincing proofs and all. But, yeah, it's a good question. Lots of good questions that uh, came out of that series. And we're going to end up Sunday now. It is Tuesday. We're going to end up Sunday with Pentecost. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 a little bit. But I'm going to wander around different places. We're going to talk about the the role of the Spirit in our lives and the the fact that we may need to fan into flame the very fire that started and and why that fire can go out, and some of those kind of things. So here we are. Uh, We're glad to have you all on board. Um, We hope you're able to listen. We know this is something new for people, and it takes a little while to build the audience, but I think we're getting along, don't you think? I think so, so far. We've got some new equipment here. Yeah, I know. I'm looking at this equipment, and uh, it's it's what, how many channels? Uh, Four channels. Four channels. Four channels. Mm -hmm. And there's little buttons with colors on it, and you could push it, and some music would happen, or there'd be a transition. And also, we're going to mess with this as we go along. I have some neat ideas. It'd be kind of like you know uh, some of those cartoons, you know, and the leaves are. Anyways, people are going, oh brother. So, <laughs> anyways, well, okay. So 
The question uh, that I preached on Sunday is, uh, why are you standing around? Why are you standing around? And, um, you know, this, this passage is just so full of, of meat. We could talk on and on about it, but ultimately is the question that the angels asked of, of the apostles here as they're looking intently into the sky. Um, you ever found yourself just kind of looking intently whether it's into the sky or into something as far as even dealing with your questions, and maybe you sense that the angel or someone is saying, Nathan, hey, snap out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you ever stargaze? <laughs> you just start looking out there, and you're like, what are all those planets and stuff? Yeah. What are you? Yeah. And, yeah, you can get mesmerized mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, we can get so mesmerized, we can, we can end up, here, here's a sermon title for you sometime. I just thought of this. You could end up glazing instead of gazing. Write that down, folks. <laughs> glazing, where our eyes glaze over, where you're standing there looking intently, and all of a sudden you glaze over and your, your mind goes south rather than gazing uh, in, in, in such a way that our, that our focus is there. And the angels are, are kind of getting after him, saying, you know what, uh, maybe you ought to get on down to Jerusalem. Uh, if we go back to the context here, for those that maybe are listening for the first time, the context was uh, post-resurrection Jesus. We're talking about Luke, who is writing uh, this, this account. He's writing this book called Acts, Action, Action of the Holy Spirit, Action of the Early Church, Acts of the Apostles, Acts of Jesus, all of this uh, playing out. And it's a really a continuation of what he started in his gospel uh, as he worked through there, told the story of Jesus and so forth, and now moves into this book of Acts and begins to talk about post-resurrection Jesus, all the things that he's been teaching and doing and, and reminding them the convincing proofs. Now, we don't have much for, I mean, in reality, we don't have many things that Jesus is saying here. We just are going off of what Luke is saying. He's been around for 40 days and giving convincing proofs. I wonder what all the other things he was saying. What do you think he was saying? I don't know. I kind of feel like this period was maybe reinforcing what he taught before. So maybe he doesn't say much because it's not necessarily anything new. Yeah, It's just, hey, I'm still here, you know. (laughs) We all need reinforcement, uh, good reminders, and so forth. Um, You know, I think what is consistent... Uh, especially in Luke and then in Acts, is the fact that Luke was talking about Jesus who was coming in to usher the kingdom of God, usher in the kingdom of God. Now, of course, in their minds, a kingdom suggested, uh, you know, a geographical place, someone who was overseeing such as a king. You can't have a kingdom without a king. And so they were ready to crown Jesus as king even before uh, his crucifixion. But even now, you know, hey, is this the time? Is this the time? Uh, and so there was confusion about this kingdom of God that, that uh, Jesus was talking about. But really we're talking about a heart issue, setting up a kingdom within the heart and then and moving out from that. Uh, of course, there's going to be a time, as it says at the end of Acts, where Jesus is going to return again. And that kingdom then ultimately will be fulfilled. Um. You know, we say when, uh, when Susan leads us in prayer on the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
And I think sometimes we, we try to do this great dualistic Greek understanding of heaven out there somewhere and earth here somewhere and never the twain shall meet. I think there's more to it than that. What do you think? So that would be like where the two realms are very separated. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there's actually a relationship between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you see it, or am I just thinking out there? I mean, is that... I think so. Uh, they often say <coughs> you know, Western civilization has sort of separated the two and forgotten about the heavenly realm, the spiritual component. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't realize how we've fallen into that trap, you know, and we'll talk about going to heaven, uh, and in reality, it's heaven coming to us mm-hmm. if we want to really dig deeper. But I was reading something the other day, and I can't remember uh, which, I think it was a commentary, but talking about the fact when we're talking about the kingdom of God, meaning God's space, and our, you know, on earth, our space, and yet we have these spaces we keep thinking are totally separated, and Jesus came to bring those spaces together, and that's why it freaked them out, because the, the space of God entered into the space of earth, you know, in the incarnation, and people really didn't know what to do with that. Huh. It's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, think of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word uh, was with God, and the Word was God, and, and that kingdom, if you will, came to us in the flesh really struggled with that. And, you know, if, since you're talking about Shmuel in The Chosen, <laughs> yeah. freaking about the fact that God could ever come as a human, how dare, that's blasphemy, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, there's, there's some struggle there for us. Well, lest we get too much of a rabbit trail, um, we're, we're seeing that Luke is writing to people, and especially to a guy named Theophilus, uh, I think he does represent maybe a Roman leader out there who has a lot of questions, and he's filling in the blanks and giving some factual data and so forth. But I think he's helping us in the same way. I mean, we can we can be Theophilus as well. I mean, if we want to transition it and, and mount, bounce it forward, uh, we love God, Theophilus meaning one who loves God, and Luke's writing to us saying, hey, here, Let's, let's help you understand something. Let us help you understand something about this Jesus and uh, these proofs I'm talking about, the instructions I'm talking about, and, hey, this reminder of what we've been asking you, meaning Jesus has been asking you to do, is get prepared because the Holy Spirit is coming. Now, uh, in your podcast, you talked about, you gave an apologetic, if you will, on the resurrection, mm-hmm. which I thought was really good, by the way just so you know. Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of people, you know, we, we talked it up this weekend, and, and Sarah said there's been more hits on that podcast again, mm-hmm. which is good. So those of you out there in podcast land, you know, you might want to go back a couple weeks and listen to, to Nathan as he talked about the resurrection and, and really giving a defense of the resurrection, as well as even last week when Susan and I talked about the, uh, the do you love me question. It was really good. But... Um, here we find ourselves with Luke writing to Theophilus, to us in a way, to help us understand some things about this Jesus and his calling in our lives and this context of, uh, of, of him coming back, resurrected, and the, the proofs that he is alive. Now, um, you talked about the importance of the resurrection. 
I mean, without the resurrection, we, we don't have we don't have any type of real foundation to build our faith upon, because mm-hmm. right. it falls apart then, really, you know. And if if we're not going to have a good foundation, then of course, if you think about it, even in like in Matthew seven, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Without the good foundation, down comes the house, and in this case, down comes the faith. You talked about yeah. that multiple times. In 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul says, well, you know, if, if, if for only this life, uh, this is what we believe, we are the most to be pitied. And that was that whole passage on the resurrection. But then there's also something else that Luke is lifting up. Not only is he lifting up the importance of the resurrection, he's lifting up the importance of the uh, coming of the Holy Spirit. Because once again, uh, without the coming of the Holy Spirit, um, the faith really, in essence, falls apart because we don't have anything to hold us up. We weren't, you know, what empowers us? What drives us? Where's our passion? All those kind of things. And I think that's such so important in light of uh, the calling then to go to Jerusalem and wait. Because we're talking about this whole role of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, it says here, um, I'm going to read to you, um, it says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you heard me speak about. Now, Jesus has already been speaking about this multiple times in other Gospels. Um, I mean, you can think about John, for example. Remember John? I've come that uh, I'm going to send the, the comforter, uh, and even more than the comforter, the advocate, the paraclete is the Greek word, the one who walks alongside you, the one who dwells within you. Uh, you ever heard, you've heard that word paraclete? I have. Maybe, maybe you haven't. I can't say I know what it means, but I've heard it. <laughs> People go, parakeet? What are you talking about? Birds? Birds? Yeah, Jesus loved birds. I mean, he knows the hairs on your head. He knows how many sparrows. All. <laughs> Sorry, folks, sometimes we just go off here a little bit. But it, it's a word that we don't use very often. So, how's the paraclete in your life? And we're going, okay, what are you talking about? Well, you know, what's the Holy Spirit doing in your life? Okay, well, then maybe we can wrestle with that a little bit more. And that was the gift that was promised. I mentioned in uh, Luke 24, to be uh, clothed with power from on high. He said, you know, uh, go to Jerusalem, uh, wait for the gift. You ever think of that imagery before? You got to be clothed before you go outside. Mm-hmm. Clothed with power from on high. Um, People say something like, "You can't just go until you're sent," or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I've mentioned how many times before. I mean, we can we can go on our own power, but again, we're only going to go as far as own power takes us, mm-hmm. and then that you know that's it. So you know, I've always asked the question, well. If we're not going to place ourselves under the authority of the Holy Spirit or the power of the Spirit, then we're, we're nothing more than any other type of, you know, charitable cause out there or, or organization, social club or whatever. Uh, we're talking about empowered by the Holy Spirit, God on high through, son who get, through, through his son Jesus who gave us his spirit. Um, that, it's, it's overwhelming, really, if you think about that. I mean, what's that mean to you? What do you think about that? This is a tough subject for me because I'm trying to figure out how do you know that the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something 
I mean, we almost need to do an apologetic on the Holy yeah, Spirit sometimes. How do we but, hear? Yeah. yeah, and it's, I see people struggling between the Holy Spirit and feelings, right? Now, the only way I can reconcile this is there's that scripture that says, worship in spirit and in truth. And, you know, maybe I'm taking this out of context, but I feel like that says, you know, scripture, logic, and you know, emotions is, is part of it. It's part of the puzzle. So you put those two together, then great. But if, you, if you're running on feelings, maybe that doesn't match up with Scripture. And so you've got this problem. Because yeah. like, yeah. I've seen, one time I went to this worship rally, and it seemed like they were really big on the Holy Spirit. But then the main guy started speaking, and the things that he was saying were like really kind of off. And I thought... This this isn't the Holy Spirit speaking. Holy right Spirit now. was checking in you, but he'll he'll say that it was. Mm-hmm. But I know that's not something that Jesus would say, or the Holy Spirit would move him to say. Well, the Holy Spirit so. will never do that, which is in in uh, in opposition to what Jesus would have taught. Right. Yeah. So, what do you do? Like, you feel like the Holy Spirit has has called you to do something. How do you know? that it's not a human feeling and that it is the Holy Spirit. What about that? Yeah, well, let, let me back up one notch, and then we'll I'll see if I can remember the question. Okay. But my grandpa always told me, you know, and I think I've said this at church before, but uh, feelings, emotions are the caboose of the train. They oh, are not yeah. the engine. Mm-hmm. And if we drive our theology, if we drive what we do with, regarding, with regards to ministry by feelings, I mean, my feeling today could be awesome. And so my ministry today, or our ministry here at Asbury, could be awesome. But tomorrow it could stink because you came in and really ticked me off or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so all of a sudden we're all out of sorts and everything. So am I basing, is, is my theology, is, my, is the way I'm going to minister, uh, am I going to build that off of, of that angry feeling or being upset of tomorrow? I would hope not. And that, that does get us into trouble. Now, the Holy Spirit, I've been told before, is, is often that right brain uh, of, of our, you know, the right brain. It's more the creative, the expressive, the emotional piece. And you think about the third person of the Trinity, a little bit more of the emotive piece. So, of course, there's something to that. But we have to be careful of how we apply that in our lives, that emotion doesn't run that. Because, you know, then if you get into a church that is really highly, uh, if you will, Highly Pentecostal in that sense, and I'm I'm all about you know charisma. Um, what happens if this week was really awesome as far as your emotion, and you just man, it felt awesome. But then you got to think as a worship pastor or myself as a senior pastor, we'll sit down this next week and go, man, how are we going to outdo that next week? So we got to outdo what happened last week with some big. We're going to add pyrotechnics this week, or we're going to add smoke or whatever Mm -hmm. so that it's better. Well, some days it just stinks. I mean, some days we come to worship and we're in the pit, you know. Well, that's a human solution, right? And then also just because, let's say we had a day where we just weren't feeling it or something. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean the Holy Spirit wasn't there, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Holy Spirit is is always there. Mm -hmm. The question is, do we allow the Spirit to work in our lives? Do we do we see what He is doing? Do we enter enter into what He is doing rather than you know do our own thing? 
and he's probably going thumbs down on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but getting to your question then about well, how do we know then if that was the Holy Spirit? How do we know? Well, I think one of the good books out there, and it isn't specifically a book on the Holy Spirit, but it it has the transferable concepts. It's called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. I don't know if you've heard of that book before. It's written yeah, some time ago. But my goodness, folks, if you want to pick up a good book, don't listen to the guy, Henry. He's pretty dry. But as far as reading the book, excellent. And he talks about the various ways that God speaks, that he speaks through prayer, that he speaks through his word, that he speaks through other people. I mean, for me, if I'm listening to other people, I'm going, oh, God's speaking to me because he or she is saying something to me that I needed to hear today. Uh, circumstances. I don't believe in just dink, as they say, coincidences, that God has his divine incidences, his, his divine appointments, if you will, and so forth. Sometimes there's just life. We get that. Uh, and so there's a variety of ways that God can speak to us if we're paying attention. And if, if it's not in accordance to Scripture, then we have to put it aside. That can't be the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, if it checks within us in, in our prayer time, we might want to listen, okay? Uh, it's almost like prophecy. Does this come true? If not, then we better question. Now, let's not push the Lord too far on that because sometimes we can put him in a box and we already put the challenge out there that, Lord, if you don't do this, then I'm not going to believe it's from you. Well, we, we've already put him in a box and kind of made up our mind already many times. So, um. I always like to pay attention, though, really, to what people are saying and uh, how's it how's it line up with Scripture. And I believe that all Scripture is inspired by God, even the stuff that we just flat can't figure out. Um, you want to read a good book, it's called Scripture and the Skeptic. Uh, brand new, Scripture and the Skeptic by Eric Huffman. Uh, he writes kind of winsomely in there. It's it's really good, but he he takes some of these arguments against Scripture and it does a great job. Uh, of helping a person understand. So so we have this, I mean, we're taking this this road that's leading us to Sunday's sermon, really, uh, with the Holy Spirit. But that's what he's telling. That's what Luke's telling him to do. You know, don't get ahead of the Spirit. Go, wait, wait in Jerusalem um, so that you'll be clothed with power from on high that you can then be empowered to do what I'm calling you to do. Now, they, of course, were distracted with, oh, so it's time <laughs> it's time. You're going to smoke out the Romans. You're going to defeat our enemies. And we do that too. You're going to defeat our enemies. And don't get me wrong here, folks. I, I believe in Jesus' coming, but I think sometimes we can jump on that bandwagon so much uh, just just in the, in the sense that we just back up and say, Jesus is coming, and so we're going to sit back here and just let him do his thing. And he says, ah, you know, you might be misreading me here a little bit. Yes, I'm coming, but uh, there's some, there is some work to do, and we need to be prepared, yes, for his coming, and yes, so that other people will be prepared. Like you said, uh, you were telling me the other day when, when you had this discussion with someone, and you're going, ah, but what about my friends? I mean, I, I don't want to lose anybody. I've got, I, I, you know, we need to tell the good news, and right now people aren't receiving it very well because the church has been a bad witness. Uh, and that's a whole nother sermon. But um, so those things are out there. What do you think about this waiting thing, though? Does that bug you? Oh, waiting is hard. 
and I think you can you can almost at times wait too long too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you um, can't use that as a justification for not doing anything, right? And the, the Holy Spirit, I think, might ask you to do things that are not comfortable, and so that can come into the conflict with feelings, like, oh, this doesn't seem right. Yep. Well. Maybe it's Holy Spirit led, but we don't like it because it's like we have to do something that we're not used to, or or go talk to someone that isn't like us, or we're mm-hmm. not comfortable talking mm-hmm. to. So yeah, I guess that takes a lot of discernment. Yeah, well, I mean, there comes a time. I mean, yes, we wait. Uh, yes, we uh, respond in obedience. But there's a time when, like in the Old Testament, that Moses was to take the people down the mountain. Okay, we've been here long enough. It's time. Pull up the stakes and let's go. But for a period of time, there were some instructions taking place and so forth. And so I think for us, as hard as it is to wait, uh, I, that's a calling we have to we have to do. I and mean, there's a call to wait, uh, but not use that as a justification mm-hmm. for not doing anything. Because even in the waiting, even in the waiting, ministry occurs. Even it. If you're marching in place, you're still marching, right? So I think we need to keep that in mind, and uh, and 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 move from there. You know, thinking about okay, we have a calling here. We have the Great Commission. We have all these kind of things. But you know, if we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, we better be empowered to do so, and we better be open to the Holy Spirit, who will give us the right words. And just even like in your brewery ministry. Not to just use the, the little flippant sayings that are out there, you know, the churchy sayings, and they're rolling their eyes going, okay, fine. You know, so both how do we really that, invest in people? Yeah, both the flippant sayings and maybe some of the human things that we think, just saying some of those things could be really disastrous. Yeah. Like they could actually do damage. So it's, it's not just sometimes that going out without the Holy Spirit is not enough. It's that it can actually have the opposite effect of what we're looking for, yeah, right? Yeah, and I, we need to be sensitive to that. I remember, I, I don't know if I've told this story, but you know, I was a chaplain there for a little while early in the 90s, uh, part of my ordination, and uh, a person had passed away, and so I was able to get a hold of, they did have a pastor, and the pastor came in, and they circled and prayed, which is a good thing. But in his prayer, it was this, the angels are dancing in heaven now that so-and-so has gone in to be in the presence of the Lord. And I'm going, you just kind of blew it, dude. You know, these people are not interested in the angels dancing in heaven because their loved one just died unexpectedly. They're grieving. They're grieving. So, you know, and I don't know, that's a weird saying anyways, but... Anyways, that's a whole other ball. But you just don't know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We get we get caught up in doing these things and saying these things, and and uh, we need to be careful about that and how we're sensitive uh, to what the Spirit would want us to say. I mean, the, if the Spirit is the Comforter, then that's not a comforting word. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. So we need we need to be as the Spirit is. We need to speak as the Spirit speaks. So now there's times where the Spirit is going to be. Boom, dynamite, powerful. We need to say a powerful word, but we need to know the context. Well, back to your waiting thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a different kind of waiting. It's a micro version, but like just waiting before saying something could give the Holy Spirit enough time 
to speak to tell you to not say that <laughs> or to say something different, right? Exactly. And he's looking right at me. You ought to see him. He's looking right at me like, Rick, you know, really, if you'd just not say anything for a little bit, the spirit would probably speak through you better. <laughs> no, I'm not no but I know what you're saying. But yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, I receive that in the sense that, I mean, I've learned over the years, there are times, you know, I had someone come in my office and I was counting down from 10 to 1 because it was, you know, I didn't want to say anything for a little bit because it wouldn't have been a good thing at the point, at that point. So, anyways, well, folks, we're we're at a point to where we need to wrap it up. Um, wow! Oh, you've got a counter on there too, anyways, do. don't you? Why did you didn't even tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, know. Yeah, Brand new. Yeah, it's cool. I hope this equipment works okay. I think it uh, it seems to be. It looks like it. All, all the levels are going up and down like they're supposed to be. But, uh, folks, we invite you to come back uh, Sunday for worship because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and we're going to talk about the fact that. Uh, at Pentecost, it moved them from that point of waiting to no longer standing around, to no longer standing around. And my goodness, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorting out what I'm going to preach these next X amount of weeks. And I keep looking at Acts and going, man, maybe we ought to just stick in there a little while and, and just see how this plays out. Uh, we'll see. Praying for the Holy Spirit's guidance there, too. <laughs> so, all right, friends. Hey, Nathan, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Glad that, glad you could be here today. And uh, next week we'll come back and we'll talk about we'll talk about the Holy Spirit some more. I think it's a good topic, and uh, it will be good for all of us. So until then, uh, you have a great week. See you next time on Let's Chat. See ya. Thanks for taking time to listen to Let's Chat, Asbury Church's weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday sermon. We invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings or anytime via our website at www.asburychurch.org, YouTube, or Facebook. Then let us know what you think about the sermon on the Sermon Discussion Facebook page. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for taking time to listen to Let's Chat, Asbury Church's weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday Sermon. We invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings or anytime via our website at www.asburychurch.org, YouTube, or Facebook. Then let us know what you think about the sermon on the Sermon Discussion Facebook page. Have a wonderful day.